So I, I don't know. Pitch, fat, and hair. Um, he made lumps thereof. This he put in the dragon's mouth, and so the dragon. Whoa, burst whoa, 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 thunder. whoa, dude! Shut the fuck up. We didn't. There's no quest. There's no climbing mountains. He, it's just yes, you can kill it, and so he took pitch and hair and buttons right, like, and strings the and cat whiskers, and he put them straight into this dragon's <laughs> mouth. When did he get to the dragon? <laughs> the dragon was like a mile away. Like everything was, it was way Just different. Laying down with his mouth open. He sleeps like a, well, that's normal for dragons, right? Yeah, He's sleeping on top of his gold. Between coins. him and the next water source. <laughs> yeah. Mouth is open. He's like, Oh, I'm so hungry. Snoring. <laughs> Normally the priests come to feed me. This is like the accumulated equivalent of, of feeding seagulls Alka-Seltzer. That's <laughs> 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 basically what happened. Hello and welcome to another episode of Grown Up Christian. I'm Casey. I'm Sam. I'm Jeremiah. Jeremiah's, Jeremiah's back! back! Yay! You've been what? traversing the world, bailing water out of your basement, swimming with turtles and porpoises, cleaning July skunk smell off your dogs. Yep, July was a lot. Well, I don't want to take credit for that. My wife did most of the dog shampooing. Uh, yeah, it's been rough. It's what been was your trick? What was your uh, go-to uh, internet? I, I'm guessing you looked up on the internet how to uh, eliminate skunk smell from your dog and nothing worked like you hoped it would. Uh, no, I got to use the cheat code. My dad's a veterinarian or a retired veterinarian. So, and I was oh, on vacation. Game Shark, dog. Yep. I was on vacation with him when it happened. Wow, Game Shark, that's a reference. Uh, and so I asked him, I was like, hey, what'll actually work? And he said, you need to go buy this specific type of shampoo. So I told my wife that and she did and it worked. No, but, but I mean, what's the shampoo for everyone who needs, everyone needs to know this. It's like a charcoal, it's a charcoal shampoo for pets. So, I mean, I, I imagine there's only a couple different types of it, but you just go look it up. Charcoal shampoo for pets. It's Fuck. odor destroying. Now you still had to give them like three or four baths. Like there's only so much you yeah. can do, but it actually works. It's a lot better. I, like don't go buy a bunch of tomato juice. I've, do I've done that same thing. I did because there's there's one stuff at like PetSmart and crap like that that works, but it takes several treatments and it's expensive. It's like a really runny, kind of oily feeling liquid, and it's a, it's like twenty five bucks a bottle or something like that. And like you're gonna use the whole bottle probably sure. in, in like two or three treatments but and when your dog smells that bad you would spend one thousand dollars immediately to get it to stop it's... what i what i didn't know he got sprayed again like two weeks later <laughs> which is uh, fucking crazy i think it's the same skunk just hanging out in our yard but it's vendetta like, it, against your dog well i've driven by so many skunks that like are dead on the side of the road and they smell skunky right I didn't realize like the burning acrid smell of like of, of live, a yep. fresh skunk spray. Once it gets into the house, like it's so much worse. It's like a putrid, putrid garlic and oniony kind of like rot scent. And like burns. Yeah. It's it like, like someone burns, burns your sinuses skunk. and your eyes. Yep. Yeah. I've heard the grossest that. thing is like if they get sprayed and then like you look at them and you can see the spray. Yes, that's like, when my dog got sprayed. <laughs> my dog was all white and you could see like the oil mark across her face. Um, dude, Casey, it was when um, our uh, old he was God. You have to go far back in the catalog to 
hear old Chad Daniels on the podcast, but he was visiting with like two of his friends. He got picked, like they picked up a friend who walked the full Appalachian trail. And then we all went to Boston and hung out and we were all hanging out at my house that night. We're sitting out on my deck, not like just talking, drinking, having a good time. We all go inside. My dog runs in after us and it's like, Chad's like, dude, I'm pretty sure your dog got sprayed by a skunk. <laughs> I was like, no fucking way. Like we didn't smell it right away. And then once you smelled it, it was like, it it was there. It took a minute to permeate the house, but I ended up putting my dog in the crate in the basement. Like I washed her a bunch. I, I, I saw like the hydrogen peroxide suggestion. My dog was a Westie. So a full white dog. It's like a Karen Terrier, like the Toto dog for anyone who doesn't know from like, uh, Wizard of Oz. It's that, but completely white. And after giving my dog a bunch of Dawn and dish soap and hydrogen peroxide baths, her, f- it looked, I mean, it was the whitest fur you could have ever seen in your life. It was pure snow after all those baths. I don't think she'd been so white since the day she was born, but getting like it still, man. I mean, our laundry was like, in the basement and i'm like i swear like all of my laundry for the rest next week just no matter how much i washed Mm. it it smelled like it gets into every fucking thing in your entire house it's the worst well it was competing in our basement because he ran inside and like rubbed his face on the couch and everything because his eyes were burning (laughs) but he was competing with the smell of mildew from all of the flooding in the basement so like (laughs) you know you're just a stinky kid at work yeah, it's uh I'm glad I work remotely. It was not great. The basement still has a little bit of a musty smell to it. We're really hoping we don't have to rip all the carpet out. Oh god, carpet. I didn't realize uh I didn't know it was like a finished part. So that yeah. uh, well, makes the old, it way the room worse. The originally was leaking is not finished. Uh but like there was so much water came in over the course of that weekend that some of it got under the carpet into the main part of oh, the basement no. and we've fire since then. You have a like, dehumidifier you're running constantly yep. now. But it smells musty. It wreck any drywall? No, uh, drywall seems okay. Like because we were able to keep the level, it was always really low because we were shop backing it up as it was coming in. But we took out, I think, 150 gallons of water. Holy shit, dude! That's a lot yep. of water. <laughs> oh yeah, it was bad. It was it was not a great weekend. I had to rip out a wall, like a framed in wall that was getting in the way. Rearrange the whole like server room. It was it was a man. It was a really good time. Uh, dude, I'll tell you what. Like when when I was still in college. I was, I think it was between my junior and senior year at Liberty. You know, I was, I was planning on proposing to April and I was like, okay, what what are we going to do after the fact? And it was, you know, it's 2008 at the time. So great time in Michigan, especially, right? Great time <laughs> to be alive. Prices. Thrive, and, thriving economy in Michigan in 2008. Yeah. Yeah. And there was just, there was foreclosed houses everywhere. So I remember that summer I was thinking like, well, there's all these cheap houses online and like, maybe we can just buy a house and we don't have to rent something like after we get married, you know, I wasn't planning on going back to Michigan at the time right afterwards, but I was like, I'm just going to go see what, what this is all about, what I can buy for, you know, I mean, some of these places are, they're like full fledged starter homes that are 10, 15 years old and they're going for like, you know, 40, 50,000 or something like nothing. And, uh, so I went, we had a real estate agent that my family knew. So I got him to like, take me to a few of these houses and, uh, 
so when they foreclosed the house, I don't know if it was the same everywhere or if it was especially in Michigan. But Michigan's everybody in Michigan has a basement, and every basement has like a sump pump that just runs twenty four seven. Like everything's below the water table in Michigan, right? And when these like, why banks even do would, a basement at that point? Why do they like in Texas? You don't have basements for that reason. Like why are they doing I, basements? I don't know why they're so common there. When that's the fact, but. The the banks, when they would repossess these houses, they would stop paying the utilities. So the companies would come off, come out and just shut off the electricity and the water and stuff like that. And these houses, if they were in a, the wrong spot, they would just fill up. So you're telling me you got a free fucking in-ground pool for a $40,000 house and you didn't bite? Dude, <laughs> I went into one of these places. He let me in and he's like, all right, well, you know, just so you know... Some of these are, some of these are pretty wild inside. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, it's, I can fix it up. I could learn how to do some stuff. You know, we can paint, we could do this and that and the other. We go into this house. It's right down the street from my parents' place, the little starter neighborhood. We open the front door and you can smell mildew immediately. It's Ooh. heavy. So the family that had gotten foreclosed on and had left, had left the water running in the upstairs tub. And that's because they and, were like fresh off a of murder suicide, right? Yeah, maybe. But so like the whole ceiling had collapsed in the in the like all the drywall had collapsed in the dining room, which was directly below the uh, you know the the bathroom upstairs, right? The walls had like mold spots the size of like manhole covers on the walls in the living room, oh and we God. opened the door to the basement, and there's like maybe five steps and water. So what Holy you're just shit. buying a lot of land at that point. Like there's no saving that house. People did. Yeah. People would gut them completely. And then you treat it with like an, you know, mold killing. You have to, you have to tear out everything. Yeah. Well, like, Cause it's a reno. You don't, you don't have to deal with all like the same level of permit pulling as like with new builds. It's like we're renovating. It was it was a disaster. I'm sure that that panned out really poorly for some of the people who who gambled on that. Because yeah, 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 I mean that mold comes back. I mean, mold is a nightmare. That's that's something that's like one of the largest deterrent. I feel like if you see mold, it's just like just just fuck out of there. Like there's no point in even because you don't know where it is. Like if there's a little bit, what happened? Like I had friends who bought a house. And it was like, oh, there's a, we found a little bit of mold. It was there's no like problems disclosed. They found out late. They ended up in legal, in a legal battle because they found out later that there had been a burst pipe that wasn't disclosed, and it wasn't dealt with properly. So they're like, oh, there's a little bit of mold here. We should deal with it. And when they like knocked out like a portion of the drywall to get to it, behind it was just like black mold filling the fucking whole area where the pipe had burst, just killing your children. And, they ended up, it ended up costing them over like 50 grand, 60 grand to like gut the whole kitchen, reno the entire thing. And they were like, they, I mean, they were kind of at the top of their budget when they bought the house. So it was just like, they ended up trying to sue the couple who sold them the house because they knew about it and nothing was to close. I mean, I don't really know where that ended up because it was, you know, that was an old college friend that you lose touch with. So I have no fucking clue how it panned out, but that shit would be, I mean, mold's a nightmare. You never, if you see a little bit, it's like, you can just guarantee that your life is over. If you like peel back the curtain a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're listening to this and you're thinking of buying a house or you do in the future, 
okay? You're going to be real excited about the house, and you're going to want that whole thing to go through. You're going to be trying to move it along quickly, and there's a lot of little things that you have to pay for on your way to owning that house. It gets annoying, and you start to like really just want to get it over with and get it done. Do not skimp on the the inspection. Maybe it feels unnecessary. Maybe the people are really nice. Maybe you looked it over and you thought everything looked great and there's just nothing to look at. Don't skimp on the inspection because you can buy an absolute nightmare. Oh, yeah. But dude, what's crazy is there was a time where houses were turning so fast in my area. Like the market was going crazy. Houses were on the market for three, four, five days for like I because I had a realtor come in the, the realtor who sold my last house and helped me buy this one I was um we're we're consider we're 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 talking about moving and the market is trash so and the interest rates are a nightmare so we're not going to now really consider it but um maybe seven eight months ago we had him come and do the whole like assessment on our house and stuff and he was like there was like a full year year and a half where not probably one house was getting inspected. Like the house, the market was so crazy and you would lose, like people were just saying, if I will not, they won't sell if people want to have a home inspection. Cause they Cause can the sell next person it. will show up tomorrow and they will, they'll wave one. Yeah. And that for like a whole year, he's like, people just didn't, you couldn't, if you wanted to buy a house between like 2020 and 2021, maybe, maybe into 2022 a bit, it was like, you were, you did not get a home inspection. He's like, when I had him come out like seven or eight months ago, he was like, home inspections are just now a thing again. Like, it's, it's like, a, it's a given now again that you do a home inspection. That was, I mean, it's I was going to pay off really lost, poorly for a bunch of people. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, dude. Cause man. my house, when I sold my house in Worcester, uh, it was like, it was an old house, but it was in good shape. And there's only a couple of little things, but it was still like the inspector came in and was like, oh, you need to do, this has to happen. This has to happen. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh shit. Like they're picking up on stuff that I'm not paying any attention to. Um, and it's stuff that has, it's not, you're, it's stuff that's not going to have an impact in the next six months, the next year or two or three. It's like, this needs a lolly column. Because if you don't in 10 years, it might finally snap. And it's just because you didn't have something that it, it cost you like 200 bucks to have someone come and put this in. It's not a big deal. But if you don't, it's a problem. So like shit, little shit like that. It's like you don't you don't want to go without. But if I bought a house when you couldn't have a home inspection, I would have. And it, had I stayed there, that could have been a giant problem a decade down the road if I stayed in that house and nobody told me otherwise. Yeah, you buy some 200-year-old dump from a Boston rat person. It's all full of mold and skin flakes and all sorts of things, dryer lint. Yep. That's in, I mean, <laughs> insulation in Boston is just all your years of accumulated dryer lint. That's all it is. <laughs> it's, just Irish, it's just 200 years of accumulated Irish dandruff. Irish insulation. That's what they call dryer lint. <laughs> That feels racist, but I, I'm not sure how. We're white. <laughs> Dude, okay. Last last story before we move on. Uh, when when we sold our house in Michigan, it was like the reverse. That I, I we needed to sell it because we were moving, switching jobs, everything, you know, and we had a hard time getting rid of it at the time. 
and uh, we got all the way to the end and I had we had no money. We were just like trying to get out of this thing. And they did the home inspection and they're like, your septic tank is like <laughs> it's full, full. Exploding. You need to have this. <laughs> you need to have this pumped. You have to pay for this to be pumped. Right. And so I call this company and it was it was like it was so wild. Like th- this guy shows up in the big the big turd truck, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he is oh, just just he's inhuman. This is just like a he's like a spawn character, just this big, round, greasy, just filthy guy, right? And he comes like up to the house, knocks on the door. He's super rude. Um and so I'm like, okay, well, so I, you know, I go outside with him to, uh, to show him where the, the tank's at and stuff. And he, you know, there's, there's pipe, there's like plumbing on the back of the truck that they hook up and then they pull the line out to your tank to pump it and stuff. This guy, he opens the little gate on the back and just black slime drips out of this thing. He has no gloves on. Ah. <gasps> He hooked this thing, he opened the, the flume, hooked up the, the pipe, and then went and pumped my tank with no gloves on. And I was just like, oh my god. And it dripped on my driveway, and I'm just like, what do I do with that? Like, <laughs> it wasn't very much, it but it was fire. like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's... When he opened your septic, it like bursts out like a fucking whale's blowhole, just Raise up water. <laughs> My dog licks it and turns into like a Ninja Turtles starts villain. Glowing <laughs> immediately starts glowing. <laughs> if I can yes and to that real quick, um, I have a one related story. So I used to work landscaping, and then after to so the summer of 2008, there were tons of foreclosed homes on the market, even in the small town I'm from. And uh, so, like, we had a lot of homes that we were cutting the grass at that had been foreclosed on. That like my boss worked out some deal with a realtor he was friends with or something so we'd swing by and we'd cut these houses but like we're doing just really quick cuts and stuff because we're not trying to make it look beautiful we're just trying to keep the grass contained while the bank figures out what they want to do uh and there was while this the bank one figures all, out who they want to fuck over yeah gotcha. I, look sam I'm, i was uh 18 and this is an no indictment on you i'm just clarifying <laughs> Okay, that we're on cool. the same page with banks here. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know the backstory. Maybe these people were, were mean. Maybe they were great. I have no idea. But they didn't live in their house anymore. And this house, this one particular one, was in a real low area of town near a river. And they always warned us. They were like, yes, house is really old. Like, just, you know, be careful. Like, the drain field looks like it's, you know, a little bit little bit soft like just be careful we don't know so you know we always ignored that because we we cut over everything like it was we never had problems um we were using diesel zero turn mowers which are pretty decently heavy i don't know like a a thousand pounds um they're not nothing and my boss was oh yeah he was riding one through the backyard and we heard a and he just started screaming like blood curdling screaming and we ran around and he had broken through the top of the septic system but there was a wall in between the two tanks And the mower was perched, like half perched on the wall. The deck was like dipping into the slime. (laughs) Oh, God. Get me off. Get me off this. (laughs) Like he unbuckled and ran and like gazelle jumped as far away from the mower as he could. And we we ran back to the, we ran back to the truck and we're like, get straps. Like we have to get like, we have to get the mower out of this. The mower falls into the septic tank. Like, what are you going to (laughs) do? Sorry, Wachovia. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, but we were able to get the mower out. It really destroyed their yard, but it turns out the septic tank was like collapsing anyway. It was super old and was going to have to be replaced. But they weren't happy about itself. that. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think at that point, like, I'm not saying you should think about killing yourself, but. <laughs> Yeah, you stick a foot in that. That foot's got to go. Well, I'm thinking like if the whole mower <laughs> fell in there, like if you'd think about it, you'd think about just not coming up. Yeah, that's it. I'll call it quits. <laughs> just Ted Kennedy, that mower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was a tragedy. Oh, my God. So All right. uh, is everybody ready to explore... A, a story that that I think we all probably knew nothing about. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. I'm pumped. We were talking back and forth. We uh, we were group texting, and we're like, "Man, we haven't done a Bible story in a while." And Sam mentioned, "Dude, at some point we need to get into the Apocrypha." Which the Apocrypha is like uh, the the Catholic bonus levels of the Bible. It's it's. The Apocrypha is to the Bible what the director's cut is to Lord of the Rings. It's like a lot of extra material that's not necessary, but helps just give Whoa, you a hold on. A bigger I was picture. Say, you mean the only definitive version that <laughs> is the only one that you should be reading? <laughs> it's look, it's the Bible's director's cut. That's all I'm saying. That's right, what the cool. Apocrypha is. This is like the 18 it's unnecessary episodes. Bible Snyder. <laughs> It's like 18 unnecessary episodes in any season of Dragon Ball Z where like <laughs> it's all about like Gohan needs a new pair of pants and it's 18 episodes. <laughs> you don't need them. They're there, I guess, if you want them, but nobody cares if they're gone. Except for Catholics, of course, because, you know, <laughs> just why, why not make things more boring? <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm willing to bet that things are going to be less boring diving into whatever story you're going to uh, provide us with than we might normally be when reviewing uh, any old book of the Bible, the old books that uh, we're familiar with. I mean, how many, I don't even know how many books are in the Apocrypha that I'm missing out on. I mentioned in our group text, I know the oh, book of Maccabees man, how many is it? and I know the book of wisdom. And the only reason I know the book of wisdom is because my grandfather died and I was a young lad. I had to uh, read out of the book of wisdom and I felt like it was like, is this okay? Like, am I doing something wrong? Because as far as I know, Catholics do something different that us Protestants don't. And we're right, and they're obviously wrong. So that means this is an extra biblical text that probably shouldn't... I, I felt uncomfortable even reading out of the Book of Wisdom. Uh, probably not as uncomfortable as my parents felt when my brother got up to read and didn't realize that uh, the altar wasn't the podium and he stood behind the altar in a Catholic church, which is a big no-go. If uh, anyone who's never been to a Catholic church, there were like audible <gasps> gasps because it was like the priest goes back there. And if you're not a priest, you're condemned to hell. So I don't yeah, know. It that's was, the Holy of Holies. You're lucky was, you didn't uh, just get stricken dead. I know. And I've actually, what was cool is I made a lot of people that day realize that all of it was pretend and they left the faith because nothing bad happened to my brother. Yeah, you're that supposed to like wear a, a they, cowbell around your neck. You know, Sam, that sounds like a, they all stood up and clapped moment. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's 14 books in the Apocrypha. And so these are, I didn't know a lot about the Apocrypha. I'm not going to say I know much about them now, but um, it's basically like the 
original, what is it? The Septuagint was like the Greek translation of the Bible, right? Yes. That included 14 books that are no longer in like traditional Bibles. And they stayed a part of the Bible, you know, most Bibles up until like the 1800s. Um, it was pretty recent that the that Protestants took them out. Um, Catholics canonized them, so they're still a part of the Catholic Bible. But it is really fun to watch videos about, you know, evangelicals talking about why these are not in the Bible. And it's, it's just hilarious. It's just like any of them that you click on, one of their big complaints about them is going to be like, well, they're they're not written in Hebrew. You know, so that's that's strike number one. And, and they say things that are really broad, like the Jews didn't know what to do with these books. They, you know, they weren't written in Hebrew and the Jews didn't really know what to do with them. And they didn't necessarily recognize them as inspired, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, the Jews don't recognize the entire New Testament as inspired. You don't have a problem and- they don't recognize a lot of their religious texts the same way. They don't consider their religious texts the same way that Christians do. Like you have, you have like the first five books of the Bible, which are the most important to them, but they have a lot of like extra biblical texts that are still very important to their lot their way of life and their tradition. Uh, it's not, they don't view their religious texts the exact same way that Christians do. So that's hard for them to wrap or conservative protestants i should say it's hard for them to wrap their mind around what the what the jews are doing with their scriptures because <laughs> they're like yeah. we, we stole it, made it better. what are you talking about <laughs> it, they, they say those things in the same way that they say like well carbon dating you know that's kind of a crock yeah it's carbon can you explain like, why <laughs> well uh, well, well they know, use carbon just, studies have shown <laughs> they go they used carbon dating on a recently exploded volcano and because of the high levels of carbon, it said that volcano that blew up yesterday was that rock was one million years old. And you're like, that's because that's not how you use carbon dating. <laughs> like, you don't <laughs> use it on things that recently got caught on fire and burned. It's just. Yeah. So uh, these are kind of strange texts that uh, it, it seems like there's a mix of ideas about them among like evangelicals. Some of them are like, well, these aren't the Bible, but they're interesting books and they provide some historical context, which is the Bible. They're the Silmarillion. They're the Silmarillion yeah, the of the Bible. Yeah, that, that is, it, that is what it is. Which, okay. How did like, <laughs> how did numbers make it? Numbers made it in, but not some of these books. I don't know. And Maccabees right. is dope. Maccabees is a great fucking book. It's like an epic. Honestly, why isn't why is the story of Maccabees a dope ass movie yet? It's only been an animated cartoon movie for children, and I don't agree with that. I think it should be a brutal three hundred style film, and it would be so sick. This, I mean, this it's a mantle. I don't think anyone else is taking this mantle up, Sam. There's plenty of room for you to start this if campaign. Only I. Pursued the knowledge to be able to do something like that, but instead, I'm see. Here's the thing, guys. I'm an idea guy, and that's ah. you know, idea mm-hmm. people are the ones who think about things, but actually have no usable skills or talents by which to produce their ideas. So that's think about things. Actually, put in a lot of work. Two hundred empty beer cans in their yeah, basement, yeah. <laughs> sitting in their basement, and what I'm pretty sure was your boxers drinking. No, Miller dude, Light. these are some just. See, you, 
I appreciate you pointing out what I was wearing. Uh, these are dope ass mesh shorts that I wear too much. I fucking love these shorts. Maybe I need to post a picture of them now because you call them out publicly. Maybe. I mean, there's a lot of thigh visible, which I'm I'm all on board I'm with. I support you. Yeah, but it looked like your shirt was barely covering the shorts. Like what? My shirt's was... covering my. Look, you have you've got something on underneath them, right? Uh, yeah, boxers. The, I'm I'm working you can't on wear the... mesh boxers. No, no, I'm working I mean, on like a five inch inseam. That's my shorts. Okay, game, okay, so five right. inch inseam. They're just a little hiked up right now. Uh, and let's talk about the 200 beer cans that you saw. It's about 75, and they've been here for a while. And I would like to state. Not that I need this on the record, but I will point it out because my, you know, occasionally my uh, how much I drink does come up on this podcast. I have been doing a fantastic fucking job the past four weeks. I've I've been drinking maybe once or twice a week. I've been exercising. I've been going I've been going on runs five or six days a week and I've been working out three or four days a week. Wow. I'm that doing fucking great. And maybe that's why, Jeremiah, you noted prior to the start of this episode that uh, you, I seemed happier than usual. I think I'm let's doing make all right. the next, uh Let's make the next section of your personal development journey recycling. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> at least these aren't in a landfill. They're not. They're actively, that is true. It's it, better for the trash to just stay in your house. Like rather than in some pile of dirt <laughs> that you don't have to think about for the rest of your life. Like I get why we're not fans of landfills, but like, is it better for it to be in a pile somewhere with a bunch of other crap or to be in your house? Well, they're not rusting and sending those gases into the ozone. They're aluminum. If that's a thing or whatever. They're, they're aluminum. Let's be real. If I recycle these, they're just going to be stomped on by some people and thrown in. I mean, they're not, they're barely going to be sifted out from the recycling bin. I don't aluminum. Aluminum is very recyclable. It, it is. Aluminum I is actually one of the easiest things to recycle. I just don't trust that my single stream recycling company, the company that picks up my recycling and moved it recently to single, like before it was single stream. It was like, you have to separate your recycles and I would put them out uh, all nice and separated, nice and neat. And they would all dump them into the same fucking truck. So I was like, what am I? Why? And then they finally were like, okay, you don't have to do single stream anymore. You can just like put it all together. I just don't really believe that they're doing all the right things with the product that I'm providing. I don't think that's happening. And therefore, well, I'm gonna it's give better you... for to stay in the basement <laughs> exactly. at your feet. I'm saving the planet. <laughs> How about if I give you something we can all believe in? How about okay. that? Okay. All right. Sounds it. good. Good segue. I love good that segue. segue. So the story that we're going to be talking about today is less of a book and more of like, it's like an, it's, it's the director's cut of the book of Daniel. It's like an uh, it's EP. A, it's like, this is chapter 14 of the book of Daniel. Oh, okay. Which is part of the Apocrypha and it's commonly called Baal and the dragon. Wait, Whoa. wait, wait, wait. That's a Ch way better name than most of the books of the Bible. Why is this? Ch I, I need some <laughs> clarification. Why is it chapter? Is the book of Daniel only thirteen chapters? I don't know. Uh, why don't is know this, this is like a is it like a or is it like um what's the what's the uh floor that hotels don't have thirteen? It's like <laughs> is it like that where it's like it goes from chapter twelve to fourteen and then they're just like uh, I believe actually it is twelve chapters. The book of Daniel's 12 chapters, because there's another apocrypha that's the story of Susanna, 
which is Daniel chapter 13. And then Holy Baal shit. and the dragon is Daniel 14. Love it. So it is like a hotel. No 13th floor, no 13th chapter. I'm here for this. Yeah. So this is like, uh, yeah, it's like that floor that no longer exists in that one hotel in Vegas. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Extra book of Daniel. And uh, this is uh, this gives us a couple of other cool stories about Daniel and some of his exploits. And I think after reading this, it's pretty clear why they decided that this <laughs> wasn't a fit. It's, like we just it's don't something. recall him having a passionate, romantic exchange with a dragon that didn't didn't seem to fit the narrative. It's like he overcame lions and then he overcame on a dragon, and that oh just God. <laughs> Like, we don't love the shit, dude. And then someone was like, I'm going to write this movie called Shrek, where a donkey... <laughs> where a donkey falls in love with a dragon. I like... Okay. <laughs> so the book starts out with, uh, you know, Cyrus being king of Persia, Cyrus the Great. And Cyrus, actually a super interesting guy. Um, it, it basically says King Astyages was gathered to his fathers, meaning he died, and Cyrus of Persia received his kingdom. So he kind of came into his throne. Interesting note about uh, Cyrus. So apparently Astyages was his grandfather, I guess. And it's it, all is kind of speculative. It all comes from Xenophon, who was a sort of historian back in ancient Greece. But uh, apparently Astyages had like dreams about this grandson of his killing him and supplanting him, taking his throne. So he ordered, he ordered this guy. Oh man. It's like meta paranoia right there. That's I hear that. Yeah. So he orders, uh, this, this guy, um, God, I'm, I'm missing his name here. Harpagus, who is a general of his to, to kill the baby right before, you know, as soon as it's born. Harpagus doesn't want to spill royal blood, so he sneaks the baby out of the kingdom and gives it to a bunch of shepherds to raise, like a shepherd family. So right around the age of 10, young Cyrus the Great gets in a dispute with a nobleman's son and just beats the ever-loving crap out of him <laughs> and draws some attention to himself. Hmm. So in the process of questioning him and stuff like that apparently it gets back to uh ask the ages that that this is cyrus that he wasn't actually killed and so he lets him return to his parents and and finish Wait, out how? his childhood there he was stolen away as a baby they're like oh man i heard the story of this 10 year old king you're not going to believe this this 10 year old beat the crap out of this kid who's like "Ooh, there's only one baby that could grow up yeah <laughs> I know. Maybe the shepherds cracked <laughs> under pressure. They're like, it's not even our kid, man. Like, we're doing this as a favor. And yeah, now he's not ours. No, not ours. Kid. We don't know who. They, I mean, the <laughs> weird kid came from the castle direction, uh, was wearing a bunch of silk clothes and stuff when we got him. I have no idea. I don't he know. He was basically weird. like a kid screaming at Target, and his parents just like left the cart in the toy <laughs> aisle and, and walked <laughs> off. They were like, he had a purple security blanket that came with him. They're like, nobody has purple but royalty. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's the rules. 
That was so pretty social security numbers. I mean, what do they do? How do they verify that children were even your own? You that the good old days were if you didn't have a child, you could take anybody's and you could raise it as your own, and nobody <laughs> would know. I mean, you just yeah. have to move. You just have to move really far away, like a quarter mile, where none of those <laughs> yeah. people had ever interacted with <laughs> like each other outside of walking over just the horizon. Walking. All you really need to do is just geographically relocate so you're closer to a different well. And no, <laughs> that family will never find you. <laughs> you might as well be on a different continent. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different area code. It's it's basically China. Yeah, we don't go there. I mean, I'm not going to walk an extra mile for water. My par- My parents might be dead by the time I get home. <laughs> so as the ages lets Cyrus the Great go back to his family and finish out his childhood there. But finish out his child. I like how they talk about it like it's completing school. Well, I'm using I'm using like <laughs> I'm filling in the blanks for Xenophon here. They let him go be unkidnapped back with his family. <laughs> <laughs> so kidnapped now. This we had a good run. We got a lot of free labor out of you. Just go resume your your kingly duties. He's like Harry Potter coming out from under the stairs. <laughs> had a fucking carrier pigeon come and deliver a message to him. So Harpagus, you know, ends up uh, being punished for this. But so Astyages orders his son be captured without his knowledge. He butchers him, has a feast, and then serves harpagus his own son at the feast holy shit that's fucking metal as shit dude (laughs) harpagus like finds out because after he's eaten they bring out like the kid's head in a stew pot and set it before him so later on when cyrus the great does like come of age and he raises an army and he's going to challenge as the ages grip on power part of the reason that he wins is because harpagus defects to Cyrus's side and helps him defeat. Ah, interesting. Switcheroo. Uh, Probably none of that happened, but it is a fun story. This is already a story that would make a great film. That's true. We're missing so many great. I mean, can you imagine that scene played out on the big screen? Everyone's eating. They're like, Oh, this is good. This is some good ass soup. Thanks so much. And then they like roll out ahead in a pot and they're just like that's fucking cool i mean that part's pretty sick but i'm thinking earlier in the movie like it ought to start with a montage of this baby being stolen away from his family and then growing up and you know coming into his own and then it just hard cuts right to him beating the crap out of this kid just yeah. beating him for like five revenge. minutes on the screen this could be a solid <laughs> revenge film i have a tiger playing it's, it's like, like some artistic license let him beat the kid to death just like, like let's open the movie that way like a, like that scene from a christmas story where the the boy finally unleashes on Scott Farkas. <laughs> so That's none it. of that is in the uh, the Apocrypha. It is just a sideline. Uh, wait, wait, what is that in? It's in uh, Xenophon's book. Okay. Whatever it's called. So Chicken it's like, soup for the Greek soul. It's the appendix <laughs> to the Apocrypha or completely unrelated? It's completely unrelated. Then okay, so this I, isn't like it just mentioned Cyrus of Persia. So I, I okay, I, okay. So this I isn't. Listen, the... I as soon as it said Cyrus, I was like, oh, I guess I'm listening to uh, King of Kings, the Hardcore History series 
again. So I've been uh, doing that all day. That's why I bring that uh, up. Oh, okay. Oh, I, have, I haven't listened to that okay. one. I, I never actually got around to listening to you that bring one. Some, oh, it's so good. Yeah, you bring in some real facts, man. You bring in some hardcore history facts. Okay, so this isn't like, it's not like an appendix. Like it's the second uh, after credit sequence after a Marvel movie or something. Like it is totally unrelated to the Apocrypha. Totally unrelated. Almost okay. like this story is totally unrelated to reality. And Daniel... So, so Cyrus of Persia is the king, and it says, And Daniel conversed with the king and was honored above all of his friends. Uh, so keep that in mind as we go through this story. Daniel and the king are best buds. Was Cyrus the king during the rest of Daniel? Yes. I don't know why he's in Babylon, because he's the king of Persia. He's like the, the founder of the Achaemenid Empire. He conquered Babylon at some point. Not clear why he's in Babylon in this story. Got it. Okay. Right. I think I got it. Um, they have good bathhouses. I'm pretty sure. I guarantee you they did. Get the skunk smell off. Wait, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> sorry, Nebuchadnezzar was the um, was the king for the rest of Daniel. I think he in was the king if, if on the Daniel timeline. Nebuchadnezzar was the king when he was first when Daniel first showed up when he was an old man. Was it Belteshazzar, like his Belteshazzar. son or something, was the king, oh, yeah. and then Belteshazzar the hand appears and writes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. "Meeny, meeny, Tekamufarson on the wall." And then the Medes and the Persians invade, and yeah, it's it's a that's the biblical timeline. It is not the historical timeline. Um, it says now the Babylon, now the Babylons had an idol called Baal. In this case, it's spelled B E L, but I. It seems like everywhere I looked, it was referencing Bale, the, you know, classic anti-hero of the Baal. Old Testament. That Baal. One. And there were spent upon him every day 12 great measures of fine flour and 40 sheep and six vessels of wine. So they were offering that as a daily sacrifice to Baal. 40 sheep? As yeah. a daily sacrifice. Is this Apparently collected so. by all people? Like by the people of... Babylon as we're in Babylon still, right? Yes, apparently so. so. It is a ridiculous number that will come into play here in a second. Okay. I guess 40 is a very biblical number. Hence why it's a shame that this is the Apocrypha, not the actual Christian Bible. (laughs) How much is a a great measure of flour? I don't know. I've spent a lot of time wondering that myself or like six vessels of wine. Like what was a vessel? I'm assuming that's like a, a typical, like, oh, uh, not a flagon. What's the, um, a mirror? A pizza One hut picture? No, that's not true. <laughs> that was the first thing they showed up. I'm going to think of it as like a two liter bottle. It's a two liter clay pot. What, how, yeah. Does 1.125 bushels help? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. Four, uh, let's fuck me i you know what move on i'm not gonna just go through each every each and every google search one it's a lot of food to be wasting on a statue i think we can agree on that right that's a lot of food (laughs) yes yeah fair and the king and the king worshiped it and went daily to adore it again weird because cyrus is the king of persia and the achaemenid empire for some reason he is worshiping and adores the babylonian god Baal. But Daniel worshipped his own god, and the king said unto him, Why dost not thou worship Bel, 
who answered and said, Because I may not worship idols made with hands, but the living God who hath created the heaven and the earth, and hath sovereignty over all flesh. Then the king said unto him, Thinkest thou not that Baal is a living God? Seest how much he eateth and drinketh every day? This okay, king's that's kind of dumb. This the, king's pretty stupid. The proof he conquered, is that. like the greatest empire that the world had known to that point. By far, biggest there was. And he's like, what do you mean the statue's not eating all of this stuff every day? What are you, what are you talking about? If Baal's not God, where's the flower? <laughs> <laughs> That's the entire argument. For it's existence. like, I feel like there's like this little like secret section out back where they just keep putting all of the sheep in flour. <laughs> like, Basically, we're saying people have been saying, then why are there still monkeys for thousands of yeah, years? It's like, they go... <laughs> Uh, then who's been eating all these sheep? And it's like every single day at eight between the hours of eight and 10 PM, they clear everybody out and let's like move all the sheep into a pit a few miles away. Uh, you're getting like... ahead of the story. Here. <laughs> no way. Wow. Dude. I should have wrote the Bible, man. What the fuck did I do with my life? I should have wrote the Bible. Sam. <laughs> you still can. It's not too late to write my own. Start Sam, my own it's not religion. too late to move the wilderness start writing your own great work of uh art slash maybe a manifesto we could call it about yeah. your views towards put some sh- put some sheep in a pit blame it on god start a religion You're, maybe your you know give some details about your struggle yeah maybe <laughs> call it your struggle then daniel smiled and said O king be not deceived for this is but clay within and brass without and did never eat or drink anything so the king was wroth, and he called for his priests and said IRA. to them, "Exactly, if ye tell me not who who this is that devoureth these expenses, ye shall die." He this was like the apparently the first time he'd ever thought about like the fact that maybe a supernatural being isn't eating a flock of yeah, sheep. Yeah, he's kind <laughs> of he's like, why am I why am I approving all these expense scrolls for, for six great measures of flour a day? <laughs> but if you can certify me that bell devoureth them then daniel shall die for he has spoken blasphemy (laughs) against bill and he's also my best friend (laughs) it's like holy shit are you telling me the statues are eating these sheep if you can prove it to me i'll fucking kill daniel i'll kill him so fucking fast <laughs> well, the, the alternative is he's going to say like, and if he doesn't eat it, I'll kill all the priests. Like, I think he just woke up that morning. He's like, somebody's got to die for this. We have to kill people today because I'm shocked. That's how he deals with the feeling of surprise. Is just someone has to die. Someone has to be put to death. His yeah. birthday. Anytime is someone disagrees with him, he's like, "All right, any of." <laughs> Yeah, put your money where your mouth is. Let me chop off your head. That surprise 40th birthday party that everyone threw for him did not end well. And Daniel said unto the king, let it be according to thy word. Now the priests of Baal were three score and ten, which is 70, beside their wives and children. Just say And the king went with Daniel into the temple of Baal. So Baal's priest said, lo, we go out, but thou, O king, set on the meat and make ready the wine, and shut the door fast, and seal it with thine own signet. So basically, like, uh, you know, verify that there's nothing in the hat here, and then seal the door with your decoder ring, and let it be so. This is some, like, magicians, is this is your card type shit. 
is what we're dealing with right now. Exactly. They're going to Chris Angel this. The Nine of Diamonds? The Nine of Diamonds. That's your card, right? It's the Nine of Diamonds? All right. I'm putting the Nine of Diamonds in the middle of the deck. It's in the middle of the deck now. You can now cut the deck. I mean, it's okay, the they're putting the a deck. seal on the door. This king, we've already established, not playing with the full deck here. Like, there's no way they could get around that. They couldn't just be like, oh, yeah, the seal's on the door. Can't you see from the throne? Look, there it is. Impossible. Well, and the, so, <laughs> yeah, sorry, your question. All right. And tomorrow when thou comest in, if thou findest not that the hath that hath eaten up all, we will suffer death, or else Daniel, that speaketh falsely against us. And they little regarded it, for under the table they had made a privy entrance, whereby they entered in continually and consumed those things. Dude, this is evangelicalism, right? It's like, we're not concerned with being right, we're just more concerned with, like, tricking you into believing the right thing. That's it. <laughs> it's like, it's the man behind the curtain kind of shit. It's like, we need to hold on to the fact that this is true. So what we're going to do is make a little curtain and cut a little hole in the ground. And we're going to, oh, you guys see it's, it's working because you won't believe if it doesn't happen. And just because it doesn't happen doesn't mean I don't believe, but I want to make sure you believe. This is an essential part of every cult. Like this is awesome. you I have to it. have like the faith healer element where you're pulling a fast one, but it's for the greater good because this is, these dumb people need these like shiny objects to, in order to believe the greater truth, which is yeah. that you're God and you should, they should let you have sex with their wives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem to always end up in one of a few, few areas. Very have few. you made a donation? It turns out only the pastors allowed to have wives in our village. Uh, you know, it just goes a few directions. It's either financial or sexual exploitation, but usually both. And it's like, it's, it's failed actress Catherine Crick hiring other failed actors and actresses to. Uh, I think you're just supposed to say actors. So let me restart that. Failed actor Catherine Crick and other failed actors pretending to have demons cast out of them. That's kind of what we're looking at right now. And then Taylor Swift said, Oh, I love drinking blood. <laughs> <laughs> so when they were gone forth, the king set meats before Baal. Now Daniel had commanded his servants to bring ashes, and they, and those they strewed throughout all the temple in the presence of the king alone. Then when, then went they out, and shut the door and sealed it with the king's signet, and so departed. Now in the night came the priests with their wives and children, as they were wont to do, and did eat up and drink up all. What are they now, just? Are they just eating raw flour? Like <laughs> and sheep. And she, yeah, so they're not, they're I, not raw sheep there's, and raw there's a lot of things. I'm sorry, Casey, we keep interrupting you while you're trying to explain. Are there more details here? Are they cooking the sheep? Are they having a banquet? No, it appears that they're uh, marinating it in wine and then flour batter. Fry they up sheep. They drowned a sheep in six inches of wine. They held its head under there while its body squirmed, and then they <laughs> ate it raw. Is that what we're? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Exactly. So I did Google how much. Okay. And it's obviously it depends on how big the sheep are. Right. But it looks like the average, like a good average low end estimate for how much meat you would get off of a sheep if you were to slaughter it is about 40 pounds. So if we've got 40 sheep and 40 pounds of meat on each, that's 1600 pounds of meat a night that these people were eating. It's 70 priests and their wives and their children. 
So that comes out. Really should have reached out to poor people in the community. Yeah. And you know, maybe they were selling or whatever, but that's 23 pounds of meat a night that these priests and their kids are eating. (laughs) And like, you know, I, so I can't eat a 12 ounce steak by myself. So if I, so I hunt and each year, you know, my wife and I typically shoot a deer and then we butcher it and stuff ourselves and whatnot. And like, there's, there's the meat. And then there's like everything else that's not meat that you have to do something with. And it's like a lot of stuff, bones and hide and organs, all this crap that's left over that you then have to do something with 40 of those. That's like a, that's like a full production slaughterhouse basically to deal with that. And how long does it take you to butcher uh, a deer? I'm not very good at it. So it takes me like eight, eight to 10 hours. But you've done it more than once. Which is presumably maybe more than some of these priests and priestesses have done. You'd their... probably be pretty good at it if you were doing it forty of them a night. Yeah, so, sharpened yeah. rocks or whatever they used. The assumption <laughs> that they're doing this every single night to get rid of the stuff, or they're just doing it this night because they have to like not get caught. They were apparently doing it every night. That's the gist of the story. At sure. Least. Okay. So, um. So in the morning. Betime, the king arose and Daniel with him. And the king said, Daniel, are the seals whole? And he said, yeah, O king, they be whole. The baby seals? They're going after baby seals now? Come on. And as soon as he had opened the door, the king looked upon the table and cried with a loud voice, Great art thou, O Baal, and with thee is no deceit at all. Then laughed Daniel and held the king that he should not go in and said, Behold now the pavement. And mark well whose footsteps are these. And the king said, I see the footsteps of men, women, and children. And then the king was angry. Did the king not see these footsteps? I right love when he the looked thing. the first time? Because again, he seems kind of dumb. Apparently he didn't <laughs> notice them right off the bat. So it's a good thing. So yeah, Daniel spread ashes all over the floor. And the priest and them left footprints behind, which evidenced that they were the ones eating it, right? I love that they included children in this, too. Like, that's... Yeah, they're not done with their part yet. That's a nice rite of passage. Eating 40 sheep. And the king was angry and took the priests with their wives and children who showed him the privy doors where they came in and consumed such things as were upon the table. Therefore, the king slew them and delivered Baal into Daniel's power, who destroyed him and his temple. Wait, I just thought of another thing. Okay, it's one thing to eat 23 pounds of meat, but they're doing this like in the locked room, like right so that nothing can get out. That means they ate the fur, the bones. It's like like, that. They took them through the trap door. It's like this thing like about that pull-down attic staircase and, yeah. and trucking 40 sheep up into your attic. It's the same as that. But like, if you could do that, don't eat them. Just cut them into pieces and carry them out all night. Like you have your, a bunch of kids and stuff. You have so many people to help do this. That's a way better plan than eating everything raw. It, it's this plan fa- doesn't make any sense. No, this it's is a bad plan. It's a lot faster to quarter them and move them than it is to actually like be like I guess we have to eat all of them. It's also so like your kids down, just hand them a hunk of leg and be like, start chewing. <laughs> yeah, you could just put this outside in a pit, but you have to eat the entire thing, and then hopefully you don't die of overfilling your stomach. It's also with all like the uh, all the fur 
or whatever. Sheep have fur. What do you, fleece. The fleece. Wool. 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 It's um, mm-hmm. it's like the Steve Brule sketch where he like rips out his pubes and has to eat and chew on. <laughs> <laughs> but t- times an entire sheep times forty. <laughs> you gotta eat a pound of hair a year, or else Winter Man's not gonna come. <laughs> so yeah basically uh daniel exposed bail for being uh false and so the king killed 70 families (laughs) that's more families than pretended to eat sheep and i tell you what if i was that guy's best friend who had just spared being killed i'd be like wow i feel great about how this whole thing went (laughs) i'm really glad i called them on this (laughs) this is my my true bosom friend (laughs) So that is part one of part uh, one Bell and the Dragon. Now you guys want to hear some dragon story? Yeah. Is there how many parts are there? Is it two? There's technically three, but that's the longest part for sure. Yeah, I feel like the first part of the story did not have any dragons in it at all. Very all right, few dragons. Well, we go from verse 22, which is about the king killing all those families, to verse 23, and it says, "In that same place, there was a great dragon." Now, see which if it they was me, Babylon worshipped. I would have started a new chapter. That feels like a natural story break. <laughs> we killed all the kids who ate the sheep. Also, there's a dragon. Hard break. Yeah, that's why this uh, didn't get canonized, because it felt rushed. <laughs> they should have split it into two, like, uh, you know, the last Harry Potter movie. There's a lot of parallels between this and Harry Potter. <laughs> or <laughs> the Hobbit. that's why evangelicals don't like it. Uh. And the king said unto Daniel, Wilt thou also say that this is of brass? Lo, he liveth, he eateth, and drinketh. Thou canst not say he is no living God. Therefore, worship him. So it's basically like the king just calling his bluff. He's like, yeah, okay, well, yeah, Baal's not real because he can't eat sheep. Uh, But the dragon is definitely real and does eat all sorts of things. Sheep canned ham cigarette butts whatever <laughs> so i mean will you worship him then Dan- uh then daniel said unto the king i will worship the lord my god for he is the living god but give me leave o king and i shall slay this dragon without sword or staff the king said oh, he I give fucks thee the leave. dragon to death holy shit <laughs> he makes I the dragon wish that was my story. oh no <laughs> i knew this was I mean, okay. I've talked a lot about turning these biblical stories into like awesome 300 esque style films. I think it's finally time we get a Daniel and the Dragon porno, though. Is anyone with me? No, sure. I'm not. I'm. I think I'm out on that one. All right. Well, to each their own. I think uh, that I know what I'm going to think about tonight. That would be best done with like bad CGI. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if that's the first Kickstarter this podcast should launch, but. Uh... <laughs> Hell yeah. So I've seen worse Kickstarters the... for films. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I've seen worse. So right, Casey. it's funny because historically like Cyrus is one of the things that he's famous for is Cyrus is kind of like. Wrong a lot. The, he's the anti-Assyrian, basically. Like, the Assyrians just conquered everyone and destroyed them and just pillaged their entire existence, and they controlled everything through, like, fear and dominance, right? And did so for a long time. 
Cyrus is kind of like the first person to come along and piece together an emperor, an empire, not just with like, you know, dominance and war and stuff like that, but also with diplomacy. And one of the things that he was, uh, you know, kind of that he's historically lauded for is like religious tolerance and letting these different areas of his empire worship the gods that they want to and even paying respects to them and stuff. And in, in a matter of like 23 verses, he's basically killed the entire clergy of Baal, which is the most important god in, in uh, Babylon, right? And now he's given Daniel clearance to go try to kill their other god, the dragon. I can't wait to find out if this dragon's because I, here's what's going on right now is mm-hmm. he was like... No, Bale really eats this stuff. And I don't know if he believed it, but he maybe it was to keep order. But either way, it was like, turns out Bale doesn't really eat this stuff. And that pissed him off. And maybe it pissed him off because Daniel found out that it was true and he it was proven before plenty that it was true. So he's like, I have to kill everyone involved because if this gets out, fucked. We need this God. We need people to worship this God if he looks... If he looks weak, then we're in trouble. So that could be like the real thought process there is like anyone who knows about this is dead. For some reason, he doesn't kill Daniel, but he does. Daniel was already a naysayer conspiracy theorist about bail. So no one was going to listen to that bitch anyway. <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah, no, but we also have this dragon. Does Cyrus think this dragon's real? I can't wait to find out because it's. Very easy for him to be like, no, no, no. Yes, this is a great idea. Yes, please try to go kill this dragon. I uh, send him on like a frivolous quest to to die in the process. I have an alternate theory. Um, we've established this king. Alternate facts, maybe not the smartest. Let me just pose a question to you this way: If you had two gods that you worshipped in your kingdom, one of the gods uh, was a dragon. And the other god was a statue. Which one do you think you're supposed to be feeding 40 sheep and a bunch of wine to every day? <laughs> like uh, if someone was writing down directions, is it possible someone just flipped those around and the kid was like, yeah, I mean, you give it to the statue, obviously. Like, obviously. Yeah, like, I, is it possible he just messed that up? It's like when you go away for the week and someone comes to house sit and feed your pets and you yeah. accidentally write down which pet gets which food and which bin. You're like, oh shit, my cat's been eating dog food all week and my dog's been eating cat food. Is it's that so what we're dealing with, Jeremiah? <laughs> I'm just wondering. It's like, I feel like, what are they feeding the dragon? Because if you're telling me they're not feeding the dragon as one of their other gods, somebody messed that up. <laughs> hey, it says he eateth and drinketh and whatnot. So those are stupid prophets of Baal. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the king gives Daniel permission to to try and kill the dragon without a sword or a staff or whatever. Right. So it says then Daniel took pitch and fat and hair and did seethe them together, and made lumps thereof. <laughs> so he this basically... feels like a Tim and Eric sketch. He made, like, muffins of, of pitch, fat, and hair. Which, I don't know, that's like the day-olds at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, like a, it's basically like a fiber one bar. Yeah. <laughs> 
So he uh, he mixes. Is that pitch. like tar? Is pitch like tar? Like a, from a tar pit? That's that's what I understood it to be. Yeah. So I I don't know. Pitch, fat, and hair. Um, he made lumps thereof. This he put in the dragon's mouth, and so the dragon. Whoa, burst whoa, 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 thunder. whoa, dude! Shut the fuck up. We didn't. There's no quest. There's no climbing mountains. It's just yes, you can kill it, and so he took pitch and hair and buttons right, like, and strings the and cat whiskers, and he put them straight into this dragon's <laughs> mouth. When did he get to the dragon? The dragon was like a mile away like everything it was, was it was way just different laying down with his mouth open he sleeps like a well that's normal for dragons right yeah, he's sleeping on top of his gold between coins. him and the next water source yeah mouth is open he's like oh i'm so hungry snoring Normally <laughs> the priests come to feed me this is like the accumulated equivalent of of feeding seagulls alka-seltzer that's <laughs> 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 basically what happened turns out dragons love pitch you just said what's, what's this you shake it around covered in hair this tastes just like those sheep that i've always said i love eating <laughs> oh my god, god i wish they brought me some sheep <laughs> <laughs> I love the lack of narrative there. It's just, yeah, you can kill this dragon. He's instantly shoving a fistful of hair and fat and pitch into its mouth. And that does what, Casey? Sorry. He bursts in sunder. He, he explodes. In, in sunder? Yeah, like he, his stomach rupture, I think, is what it's trying to say. Again, this is okay. like, it's it's a fiber one bar. Sunder. I almost grabbed my pants oh, the okay. first time I ate one of those. <laughs> Sunder, it's like, uh, what were the cliff bars were big when we were in college? Everyone ate fucking cliff bars to loot yeah. or some shit. Uh, Sunder, I didn't realize, means just split apart. So he burst, he, yeah, he burst in Sunder. He split apart. All right. So he burst a dragon in two with a fistful of hair and pitch and fat. Yeah. What happens next? It's like dark chocolate sure. for uh, schnauzers. It's who, like when who, you, yeah, you give your dog a grape. <laughs> who wrote this book? Daniel? <laughs> Daniel wrote his own legacy. It's like the first part was like, that's good. And then like a few years later, he hadn't had a hit since. And he's like a little like he's a little washed up has been. He's like, I got this. I got Daniel part two right here. And he's, he's he's like that guy two. at work that you he's got a million stories and you slowly figure out that he's been lying to you the entire time. Or that guy you went to college with who you might have shared a dorm room with. He has a Fox body Mustang that that's twelve hundred horsepower. Yeah, I worked with a guy like that. No, I worked with a guy who had remember the neon SRT four. Oh, out? yeah. Yeah. Cool cars. He swore up and down. He said it has the same chassis as the Viper. And like, I kept playing to him. I was like, it's not the neon. It's the Dodge neon. Like, it, it's the it's the chassis of a neon with a bigger motor. It's like, no, it's got all the tech from the Viper in it. Like, the seats look like Viper seats and the gauges are white, just like the Viper. I'm like, they are white, just like the Viper. That's true. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I don't know that you know what chassis means. <laughs> okay so um and daniel said lo these are the gods ye worship so he really rubbed it in uh when they of babylon heard that they took great indignation and conspired against the king saying the king is become a jew and he hath no! destroyed 
Turns out that's been an insult for a really long time. <laughs> that didn't age well, did it? <laughs> that's a little problematic. I, I was like listening to this, like a YouTube video of somebody reading this, like a, like an audio book, basically. It's some sort of organization that does that. that. And uh, the guy put a lot of emphasis on that, which it's, sounded really funny. Was Kanye like, reading this? <laughs> well, the author's like, and then the king, he became one of those people <laughs> who control everything. <laughs> the king's just around here controlling everything. The king has become a Jew, and he hath destroyed Bell. He hath slain the dragon and put the priest to death. So they came to the king and said, deliver us, Daniel, or else we will destroy thee and thine house. Uh, king Cyrus of the Achaemenid Empire, the, the largest empire ever formed to this point. <laughs> so it's just like a band of jerk offs in Babylon, apparently, that are threatening to kill him. Right. So it says, now when the king saw that they pressed him sore, being constrained, he delivered Daniel unto them, his, his best bud, right? He said, who cast him into the lion's den where he was six days. Again so, with the lion's den was okay. Whoa, whoa. Again whoa. with the lion's den. Is this is this the same lion's den? Are we working on alternate timelines? Is this a parallel universe? I'm very confused about what's going on right now. There is a lot of discourse about that, whether or not this is referencing the same trip to the lion's den, oh, or this is a different like, one, but it does have different details. I just finished playing Bioshock Infinite last night and now I'm stuck on this parallel universe, alternate reality. It's a good ideas, game. It's a fantastic game. I never played the DLC, so I'm just getting into that now. And uh, But that whole game deals with like every character is another person in a different reality. And this one person can open tears to go into those other realities. And I feel like that's what we're dealing with right now. And uh, it's very, it's almost uh, too coincidental. Well, and in the traditional Daniel in the Lion's Den story, he spent three days and nights in the Lion's Den. This time, it is it is like he's trying to outdo his his first story because he spends six days in the Lion's Den. Oh my God, he's and, going to he just it's just when you when you meet people who just have to be better all the time, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Daniel just seems like a lot. It's like, oh, I'll slay this dragon with a fistful of hair and meat parts. It's like in the first Lions Den story, he just was like in there praying and then came out. That yeah. was it. Yeah. Right? This is kind of like one of those where it's like that that same guy at work. Like he tries to legitimize the lie by adding unnecessary details. That's you know? how cops know like, you're like when you, cops interrogate people, it's like when you're too specific, they're like, all right, I think this guy's full of shit. <laughs> also, when you yeah. know that, that par- that makes you paranoid too. I feel like the more you know, I feel like everybody watching crime dramas for the past decade is like a huge disservice because if you ever get interrogated, all you're thinking about is what you've learned about how interrogations work from watching all this shit. And you're like, if I give too much detail or if I repeat the same information the same way more than once, then they're going to think I'm lying because they're going to think I rehearsed it. 
But really, I just remember this specific detail quite well and can reiterate it twice. But if I try too hard to throw them off, I might be too inconsistent and they'll go, you didn't get your facts right. And then you're straight to jail. It's a it's a lot. I'm terrified yeah. of ever getting get a lawyer. Terrified. Don't talk. Don't yeah, tell that's them stories. Get a lawyer. And that's something we can also learn from tr- crime dramas is if you lawyer up, you're not guilty. You just, if it was one thing we've learned from society, from crime dramas, from TikTok videos of people getting pulled over and videotaping their interactions, it's that you can't trust cops. <laughs> <laughs> you're a very anti-cop. That is for sure. This is an interesting detour we've taken from the story about killing the dragon. I'm not 100% sure. Dragons are cops, Jeremiah. Dragons are cops. No, I got it. That's actually on me for not following that. Feed him some hair. Try that next time. I've heard it works. I'm going to have a bag full of hair. And every time they get pulled over, I'm going to be like, here, eat this. You're going to be like... (laughs) You're going to give them like the trying to call a squirrel over. You're like... That'll be really funny until you get a one like very very devout Catholic cop is gonna be like, oh, I don't think so. Oh, I know this trick. <laughs> I remember this from catechism. <laughs> and in the den there were seven lions, and they had given him them every day two carcasses and two sheep. Which, again, just the, not enough the sheep. The ones that Bale didn't eat. <laughs> so they've, been, they've been giving them sheep until very recently. <laughs> and then the, whoever shows up with the sheep just hasn't been coming by for some reason. The prophet's stuffed fat little kids would give them the leftover sheep that they just couldn't eat without vomiting. <laughs> they're, they're, they're 14 pounds of their 23-pound daily allotment. Uh, which were then not given to them. Uh, to the intent they might devour Daniel. So basically, they've been holding back the sheep to make sure that they're nice and hungry so that they will eat Daniel. Because I guess they were worried that maybe they wouldn't. Um, And I've seen several videos from Chinese zoos. If you go in there, they will eat you. (laughs) They'll do it quick. (laughs) You don't want to go in there. Hang on. Okay, I missed this a second. I missed this earlier. Um, (laughs) Verse 33, it says, Now there was in Jewry a prophet called Habakkuk. Okay. That's a word that we're using now, apparently. Uh, I thought you know Daniel didn't write this. He would never. He he might stoop as low as lying about dragons, but he would never write jewelry. <laughs> Drop a hard uri. Yeah. <laughs> the king is engulfed in jewelry. He killed a dragon. Now there was in jewelry a prophet called Habakkuk, who made pottage and had broken bread in a bowl, and was going into the field for for to bring it to the reapers. Um, so he made a he made some pudding and uh, a bowl of bread and was headed out to the field to hand it off to some of the the people working there. But the angel of the Lord said unto Habakkuk, Go, carry the dinner that thou hast into Babylon unto Daniel, who is in the lion's den. And Habakkuk said, Lord, I never saw Babylon, neither do I know where the den is. It's just all problems when there's an angel asking you to do something. He's asking for more specific directions. Where the Denny's? Probably the idea. Are we asking what the fuck is up in this Denny's? 
That's more or less, yes. That's what it would translate to in an NIV. This is King James. Uh, then the angel of the Lord you are a King took James him by the crown. I Well, the Apocrypha is King James only, I think. <laughs> Interesting. Actually, I don't know. I only saw it in King James. I didn't do a ton of looking around, but uh, I I'm wonder sure. if there's a bunch of translations. There must be. No there one's going to let King James be the only one to put his fingerprint on this. <laughs> Somebody in the 40s definitely edited out Jewry, I bet. <laughs> or edited that one in. I, it's possible that that wasn't originally there. That was an add-on. They were like, <laughs> well, this is, yeah, 1946. We should probably just call it what it is. That that Revelations line about adding things to the book, uh, that doesn't apply because this isn't canonized. Yeah, it's not technically the Bible. So he... You can add slurs to it and not get the plagues written there and added to you, right? Isn't that what the thing is? Is like, he who addeth unto this book, I will yeah. add unto him. Yeah, yeah, in Revelation, yeah. He'll add unto you all the all the torture and pestilence and pale horses. And What a nervous job it would have been translating it. Like, would you just be... I <laughs> know. Like watching out of your periphery for like an abundance of frogs. Just Christ like slitting your throat. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaks up it's... on you. So basically like, like the angel take. uh, takes Habakkuk by the hair of his head, it says, and through the vehemency of his spirit set him in Babylon over the den. So basically, he grabbed him by the hair and threw him into Babylon. And into this is the Habakkuk who wrote the book of Habakkuk, right? I imagine there's only one Habakkuk. <laughs> there's only ever sure. been one. It wasn't a common name. No one else ever had it. We're dealing it's not with like that Peter problem. or John, where it just continually pops up. Like there is no like Habakkuk of Cedarville or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Cedarville, Ohio. Yeah. All right. It could be a Habakkuk That's there. Specific. <laughs> uh, and Habakkuk cried, saying, Oh, Daniel, Daniel, take the dinner which God hath sent thee. And Daniel said, Thou hast remembered me, O God, neither hast thou forsaken them that seek thee and love thee. So Daniel arose and did eat, and the angel of the Lord set Habakkuk in his own place again immediately. So basically, just like door dashed him some porridge <laughs> and then chucked him back to wherever he was hanging out before the field the field he's back in the field upon the seventh day the king went to bewail daniel would it bewail that's a weird word does that mean like mourn i i honestly beat on him no idea i have no idea yeah i I, he waited a week to bewail him that feels like morning bewail let's go uh google it right now the old Googler express great regret, disappointment, or bitterness over something. You've been Cyrus also bewailed. referred to himself as the king of the universe. Oh, that's bold. I like it. Yeah. But, you know, there was a mob of morons <laughs> told him he needed to kill his best friend. So he threw him in a lion's den and then waited a week to uh, check on him. And. Uh, and when he came to the den, he looked in, and behold, Daniel was sitting. Then cried the king with a loud voice, saying, Great art, Lord God of Daniel, and there is none other beside thee. And he drew him out 
and cast those that were the cause of his destruction into the den, and they were devoured in a moment before his face. So <laughs> then it did go full Chinese zoo video. <laughs> they died immediately. <laughs> well, that's hey, was if that reference is lost on you, just Google Chinese zoo lion attack. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to do that. And it, it's been banned from YouTube, so you need to find it somewhere else. There is a video. I don't a actually years know. Ago. I'm wondering. Could I watch a video? Could I watch a video of someone getting? I don't think I could. I I don't think I've ever seen an actual video of someone getting killed. Has that? Have you guys actually ended up? I know Faces of oh, Death was big, yeah. but I've never. I don't several times a week. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, we know you're lame. Uh, I I'm not looking no. for them. It's just like your algorithms are footage. Fucked. It's just it's like, like you're scrolling through Instagram, and then here's a video of a Russian soldier like stepping on a landmine, basically. Okay, it's GoPro <laughs> yeah. footage. Well, I think Casey and I we can send you a lot of videos, Sam. Yeah, if I guess to. I just don't. That's not. <laughs> don't worry. The group the chat hasn't there. recognized that as my passion at this point. So I. Uh... Yeah, I think the last time that. You, the last time that you actually got to record an episode with us, you and I were watching a video of it was like a golden eye footage of Ukrainian, oh, of special Ukrainian trenches. Yeah, yeah, in the trench. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that, I was, have that to... was like 10 guys. <laughs> no, let me no. just clarify that I don't go around looking for entertaining pity videos of people dying, but over the years, you see, uh, you see things. You've never seen Bud Dwyer? No, I've, I've honestly seen never seen a video of someone getting killed. Bud Dwyer died for our sins. <laughs> because of our sins or for our sins? <laughs> how do we go? I don't, sins, I how do we get back to where, like, to wrap this up? Well, that's the end of the story. So Cyrus the Great, uh, he acknowledged the one true God. And I guess, in a way, you could say he did become a Jew. It all worked out, is what you're saying. I like I, if stories, just like Christian cinema, if stories don't end with everyone becoming Christians, it's not worth it. So I appreciate this story because there's a lot of stories in the Bible where everyone just gets killed at the end for not believing in the right God. And I like <laughs> that things happened a little differently this time. And one guy, one guy, one guy survived. God. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, 70 priests and their families got murdered. And then a whole bunch of people got pushed into a lion's den. Exactly. But when you think about it and when you dwell on the message that we all received, I mean, Aren't we all dead in our trespasses? Didn't they just get what they deserved? Yes. Except sure. for Cyrus, because he converted and was I mean, what's the let's let's be real. That's the premise for the um Inquisition. Woo, that was a weird delay. The Inquisition. That's the premise for the, the Crusades. Crusades. That's you know, that's all I mean, convert or a die. A lot of cool right things. Yep. <laughs> Being right is what's important. I think that's what we're getting at, everybody. <laughs> Birch. I think what we're getting at is ultimately the most important thing is not just being right, but being unable to accept that anyone else might have a valid idea. And and just pushing that to the fringe as um, being part of the woke mob or listening to liberal media or just another idols. conspiracy theorist. 
you know, there's just a lot of ways you could word it and all are good. Uh, you just need to pick the right wording to denigrate the person that you disagree with the most in, in the most efficient way. And that's kind of what we're advocating for here. Yeah, that's evangelism. <laughs> that's evangelism. Spreading the good word. Sometimes the good word is a bunch of bad words about other people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of the course of modern evangelicalism. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. So, yeah, uh, that's that's uh, Bale and the Dragon. And Daniel I and the Dragon. Daniel and the Dragon's dead? <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's, a, there's a few different plot points that you could make the title out of there, but I think that uh, it makes sense that this wasn't necessarily kept in the original uh, the original storyline. Yeah, the editing process is there for a reason. You yeah, know? like you you throw some ideas out, some of them work, some of them don't. A good editor can help you trim them. It's natural. It's part I mean, of the that's process. Ultimately, what director's cuts are. You ever watch a director's cut when you see that new scene and it's like, it feels like someone just like threw it in the middle. And then it was like the scene starts and it feels out of place and then it's over and it gets back to what you know is the actual movie. You go, this, yeah, I get why they cut that out. That doesn't, n- nothing about that felt right. And that's what this story feels like. Yeah. Most bonus scenes don't really make any sense to keep in. You know, Mm-mm. I think honestly, I think that's one of the things that you can give uh, Mormons credit for is that they t- they'll take a cue from from modern culture and decide that some things just aren't Bible anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> okay. maybe the way that they talk about certain types of people and stuff are just maybe not culturally uh, appropriate anymore or ever were really and should just go away. And some people make fun of them for for changing their their scripture. I think it's cool that they adapt it to modern standards. Yeah, some people more people should do that. Some people make fun of them for changing their minds. Some people make fun of them for being wrong in the first place. They can't win. I think that what we're getting at is that Mormons can't win. (laughs) 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 They are just so obviously wilding out on what they believe to be true. I I saw a headline yesterday, and I, I'm trying to remember the timeline, but they said that the the Mormon church could be worth a trillion dollars in 10 years. Wow. I What is it worth now, I guess? Is a lot. <laughs> Dude, they I own just... tons of property. They actually just got in trouble, or in the process <laughs> of getting in trouble, for how they're managing their property and stuff like that. Because they they own they have crazy amounts they're, of assets. They're writing things off that they shouldn't be writing off, aren't they? Well, they have like basically like uh, shell corporations that <laughs> hold this, like holding companies that hold the land. I have not done enough reading on this to explain it right, but yeah, the they, Mormon they, church they're is the really strong game. in the Cayman Islands. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. <laughs> they got a lot of money. Dude, I just found out that a guy that I love to listen to his videos on Instagram, Dan McClellan, and you should still, I still love him, but he's a textual, I mean, he's a, he's a, uh, academic, it's academic criticism of biblical texts is what his whole lane is. So he responds to people like saying that the Bible means this or that, or whatever. He does a lot of response videos, but he'll do a lot of videos on like, this is like the 
textual criticism of the Bible and on this topic or that. And I mean, he's, he's a linguist, uh, is what he's got. This is the really monotone guy. Yes. And he's got like a bunch of, he's got a couple of master's degrees, goes PhD. I mean, this guy is smart as a motherfucker and he's a Mormon. He's, I, I just found this out. I thought he was seventh day Adventist for some reason, but he's latter day saints. And he go, he, he just, he's done a couple of videos recently on why he's like, doesn't address his involvement with the Mormon church in the, his videos. That's something other people point out. And it's like his, his religious affiliation and why he finds value in participating in his religious community is separate from his ability to criticize biblical and extra biblical texts for what the actual meaning is. it's kind of like alito's vacations were separate and did not affect his ability <laughs> to make call on supreme court cases i get so what he's saying i dude i love the reference and it dude, feels listen, like listen. i'm sitting with that tension now like <laughs> i get like you're smart and i get that you can tell me a lot about this thing but at the end of the day you are until you can tell me whether or not you actually believe Mr. Mormon got golden tablets from Mr. Michael, the angel, whatever, uh, is if you, if you can tell me that you believe that that's true, I have a hard time grappling with any of the information you provided with me so far. It's so sad to learn that some people you love are in, uh, religions that you just, don't care for i guess <laughs> what's his name again dan mcclellan and he's fucking no just listen i mean so you found was- that out where oh. you like behold dan mcclellan hath become a mormon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he killed my dragon with hair dan- <laughs> well, i think anyway, listening that's- to that guy is like listening to someone it's like reading it's like an audiobook of the book of numbers it's, that's what it feels like to me. He speaks very in dry. a yeah, he's kind of rote, he's kind of dry, but his information keeps me locked in. I think what he's I think the work he's doing is fantastic. I just want to hear how he fucking reconciles that shit with his religion cuz it's wild to me. It doesn't make any sense. I I'm guessing he I'm guessing he's part because he's very affirming you know, most Mormons aren't, uh, I feel like he must be part of some like sect that is, I don't know why they're not like, Hey, we're, we're done with you because of what you think and feel and say online. Like, I feel like his reluctance to get into it. And this is way off topic now, but it's not a great way to close this out. Uh, but his reluctance to get into it feels frustrating because it's like, you can't just pretend like that doesn't matter to people because because the information you're providing is valuable. Like people care now about you and what you think and who you are and how you reconcile being a Mormon with the things that you, the, the text that you criticize. Anyway. It's like Chris D'Elia making videos on consent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. There it is. <laughs> I was wondering what you were gonna present <laughs> you can always tell when casey's winding one up yeah you can't because i was it, it gets hard to finish a thought sometimes because you see this bitch grin ear to ear <laughs> it's so nobody hard laughs harder at me than me <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to focus sometimes <sighs> well i hope you have enjoyed this presentation of bell and the dragon um 
And if you like the show, leave us a review, share it with your buddies, uh, join our Discord. Uh, And that's it. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time.